0: Mixed nutcases. This is Nuke Joss, and we've got an episode about cyberpunk for you today. And this is Nutty Bites. That's right. That's my podcast name. This is Nutty Bites, and we're going to be talking about cyberpunk. But before we get into that, as I want to introduce my guests. So with me, as always. Hi, I'm Still Tech, and uh, we're going to move to our 21st century digital boy.
1: Hi, I'm Sonorous Vox. The man of a thousand promises no longer delivering upon any of them.
2: <laughs> I-, I love that, that, that bad nineties bad religion reference bombed the first time you tried it. So you tried it again. <laughs> that's right. That's hey, right.
1: Like I, like I said, there is nothing more cyberpunk than an outdated reference. Persistence is yeah. key.
2: Right, and this leads to the number one rule of comedy. If it was funny once, it's funny Funny every time. time.
0: And I also want to introduce our anime expert, who you've already heard. Hi,
3: I'm the PG-13 and family-friendly version of Jason.
2: Yes, so to everyone listening, we have hacked into Jason's cyber brain, and we have dulled him down to the PG-13 version for all of our protection.
0: We'll 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 see if those blocks hold till the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't want to just t- th- the impetus of this episode is brought about by the anime cyberpunk Edge Runners. We've all watched it. We're all excited to talk about it. But it's mostly because we are f- fans of cyberpunk in general. Mm-hmm. So we want to start by delving into all iterations of cyberpunk. And Tech was going to start us out there. Right.
2: So, what the heck is cyberpunk? Well, so
0: there's this thing called
2: steampunk, which I'm sure most of you are familiar with. That's what happens when goths discover the color brown, right? So, it's the science fiction of the 1890s. Well, cyberpunk is the science fiction of the 1980s. It's, uh, it's also been described as high society, sorry, high tech, low society. Mm -hmm. The idea is what did we think the future was going to be like in the 1980s and use that as a storytelling device. There's a lot of commonality to a lot of things that are cyberpunk. Generally, there's a lot of cybernetic enhancement and a lot of it tends to revolve around the question of what does it really mean to be human? And if I change everything that I am and I replace everything that I am, am I still human? And at the core of almost everything cyberpunk, that seems to be the question that they're asking. So there's a lot of movies, there's a lot of bands, there's a lot of, a lot of media out there that have to do in the, with the cyberpunk world. You've got great books written by guys like Philip K. Dick and, you know, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which was then turned into a movie called Blade Runner, which is pretty much the best cyberpunk movie you can find out there. Also got things like Fifth Element or things like, um, The Matrix. You, you did miss the best the the actual best one though. It's Johnny mm-hmm. Mnemonic. Come on. Johnny now.
0: Johnny oh. Mnemonic, the twelfth the twelfth floor. Uh William Gibson's Neuromancer. Neuromancer. Hello. Tech. Hold so, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tech,
3: I'm so ashamed of you. Oh. You didn't mention robot jocks. Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh I mean, well, yeah, you, you oh. could you so, could consider that cyberpunk. I'd be in for that. Big giant so, robots yeah. beating each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So the, the argument is, is there to be made that the first ever cyberpunk fiction was actually, um, Johnny Mnemonic written by William Gibson.
0: Oh, okay. The short,
1: the short film or yeah. the short story, the short story. Uh, the first novel for it was Burning Chrome, all sorts Yeah. It's Burning Chrome also written by him, which defined a lot of the genre, uh, itself in that I was going to say when, when the common theme of a lot of them, neon and chrome.
2: Yeah. As if the
1: I, 80s would never die.
2: No, a- absolutely. Um th- there's a visual aesthetic to it. There's a there's a sound aesthetic to it. I mean, uh there's also um oh the 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 show with all the crazy lasers and the 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 robot head guy. Um Max Headroom, Max Headroom oh, is pure mm-hmm. cyberpunk. Uh you've got bands uh, like one of my favorite electronica groups of all time. You got Frontline Assembly, which mm-hmm. is pretty much screaming in your head.
1: Daft Punk also arguably is very cyberpunk.
2: Yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of that early house stuff. Absolutely. Yep. Um. So in 1982, there was a role-playing game written called Cyberpunk, written by a guy called Mike uh, Mike Ponsmith, which I didn't know uh, yeah. until very very recently that he is a that he's black and he's a black content creator and he's been hard at work making role-playing games in all kinds of genres and everything since the early 80s. He's also made one called Mechton, which I would love to play. It's all based on Gundam and 80 police and that it's all based on playing anime giant robots. And, and if, yeah.
3: And if his attention to detail is even half of what he has done to cyberpunk, that's going to be an excellent mech thing. Oh, Cause yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get into it here, but I will definitely show you guys some Mazinger or some like old school mech stuff because oh, yeah.
2: it's excellent. Yeah. And if you don't want to look at giant robots and you just want to look at trains, let's watch Galaxy Express because, man. That's fair. Anyway, oh, and we've oh. all watched Judge Dredd. That's another.
3: Oh, yeah. oh like, Judge Dredd's another yeah. another great
2: yeah. one. Yeah. Or, yeah. or
3: or or we could just talk about Bubblegum Crisis because that's Tech's favorite. Oh, I love Bubblegum. I mean, that's Gums.
2: fair. Okay, that's fair. so. Couple of years ago, a Polish company called CD Projekt Red came up with a video game based on the cyberpunk role-playing game called Cyberpunk 2077. Now, I don't really want to dive too deep into the problems on launch and the, the the mistakes that were made and the glitches and the faults, but the thing is, Vox and I like we we got that game on launch, and yeah, there were a couple of issues, but they yep. weren't nearly as bad as the hype was making it sound. And the game at the end of it is really, mm-hmm. really good.
1: It's the game is uh one that may have suffered some technical issues, but like you said, I, I got it on day one launch and I have a first gen PS4. Yeah. Which is the, like the PS4 was the, the the thing. Everybody was complaining about it on for the most part was those, or those last generation consoles. I had a first run first gen standard PS4 and encountered no major issues. Um I'm encountering tech. I'm playing through it right now. And technically I'm encountering more crashes per hour on my ps5 than i am but well, then i did back then so wow. yeah yeah
2: um <laughs> the the thing is the game paint it's a fictional city on the west coast called night city um and there's a they they create this uh, i'm not going to talk about too many spoilers for the video game in this but anyway you play a character called v and you are thrust into this massive metropolis called night city And a lot of things happen. And based on the origins of the character you decide and how you want to play your character, you completely change the story. There's something like a dozen different endings to this video game. All that you get to experience the Night City that you want to based on how you want to play. Um, and they, they made a lot of, they made a lot of progress. They, they actually, they pushed the, the envelope of what an RPG can do as to how you can sculpt the game around you. Um, and this year, uh, because there's a big patch coming in the game, there's a big, uh, some big uh, extra content uh, due next year to sort of hype that content. They released an anime called Cyberpunk Edge Runners, um, which is not based on the story of the character V, but sort of tangential to that story. And it, it follows a young man named David as he tries to get into. Uh, this thing called edge running the idea like being a a, a, a mercenary for the corporations to sort of do the, the the dirty work that they can't do legally. Um, But like like for a tie in cartoon to a video game, the fact that they went big money and they went to a big money anime studio like Jason, tell us about this. Like they went to a big, big name. They did not just go
3: to a big name. They went to Anime Royals. They went to Studio Trigger. Studio Trigger is a newer company, but the internal components of Studio Trigger are from a company by the name of Gynax. Really? And yes.
2: Okay, I know that name. Yeah, Gynax
3: has been around since the earliest days of anime in the 80s and 90s. And if you want to see just how extensive their catalog is, I'm not going to start at the earliest stuff. I'll just start with what they did recently that everyone probably listening to this has probably seen. They did episode three, the twins, and episode seven, the elder of Star Wars visions. Oh, okay. Then... They did Little Witch Academia, Little Witch Academia, The Enchanted Parade, which are, is, are massive shows on Netflix way back when Netflix first got into anime. Now we'll talk about the stuff they've done that basically changed the game when it comes to anime shows. Kill la Kill, which was a force to be reckoned with. Kisniver, again, another force to be reckoned with. Darling in the Franks. SS Gridman, and I bring SS Gridman up because it lets me talk about something from my childhood. There was a show that was a tokusatsu, like fighting giant monsters show, but it was inside of a computer called Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Mm-hmm. And SS Gridman is the original character that that show was spawned off of. And that show came out during the height of Power Rangers and Digimon and, you know, big bad Beetleborgs and VR Troopers. So when, when all the costume characters from Japan came over to fight monsters, this is the studio that was like, we can make an anime about that.
2: I, I'm going through the list here on uh, Wikipedia of the stuff that they've done and, uh, w- wow. Uh, yeah. Star Wars visions, um,
3: Anyone who has seen me on live with you guys and mm. noticed the posters in the background of my room, they did that show Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt. Or they, they're they're about to get the second season of that.
2: Well, that's the name of the two characters, but yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're they're devils of some kind. Um, but yeah, but Gynax, the the um, the studio that spawned Studio Trigger, also did a little show that maybe you have heard of called Evangelion. Yeah, listen. If you, we will not go into
3: Gynax's story on this podcast because literally, Gynax is a company that is so entrenched in the origins of anime in America as well as some of the most iconic anime to ever be created. You could talk about Gynax by itself
2: forever. So they, so they dropped big money and went and found anime royalty and they had this amazingly well created well thought out well drafted world and basically rolled up a dumpster full of money and said make me a story and trigger went okay
3: yeah they said and, they said hold my sake
2: yeah hold my sake hold and my sake. and vox mm-hmm. what like start us off like what did you think like you, you when you watch, so, what were you what were you expecting and what did you see when you watched edge runners so my expectations
1: for for anything anime to be fair are fairly low i'm not a fan in general of the the style that uh a lot a lot of anime employs Mm -hmm. um and i'd heard about it and i had been like okay yeah it it's it's there it's the thing um it is it wasn't like it was it was engaging enough that i watched the entire thing in one night oh wow and i started at 10 so I ended at like three in the morning.
3: Literally.
1: Um, yeah, I I ended up binging it, and it and it wasn't like a casual. I'm watching it on the side. Watch I watched I pretty much watched the whole thing straight through. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, it it tells a really good story. Uh, the visuals were perfect for what it was. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the style, I think Cyberpunk and anime go well together as far as a pairing. Um, because it's something that is very hard to represent. In traditional, like, or in, oh, sorry, in, yeah, in traditional Western style filmmaking, you just can't do it. It's, it's There's
2: so much neon.
1: Yes. Well, no, it's, it's, it's the other thing is like, I, I cited, uh, Johnny Mnemonic, the movie the ear- earlier, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually about halfway through watching that. And I paused it and stopped, but, uh, like rewatching it because it's one of my go-tos. Um, you could never have had the the central like the the central part of the story is david getting that that implant the military grade implant right which uh we're going to disagree on the pronunciation of because it's just <laughs> ridiculous like made up stuff yeah. um but the uh the sandvest standevstein uh um, yeah
0: endeavstan
1: yeah yes yeah, yeah, so, yeah
2: so in the show they call it the sanddevstan but i've yeah. always read it as sanddevstein yeah. Well, and I call it, it
1: the sand devastine, which is this, yeah. like, there's three different ways of saying it. Yeah. But that implant is it slows time down. Now right. tell me how you're going to do that in any other way other than having the rest of your actors standing or like moving in slow motion while somebody does regular movement. Right. You can't do it. It's just not something that works well. So uh, in the way they show it, especially that's, that was one of those. Okay. I'm, I'm watching. I'm kind of into it, and then it kicks in, and I'm like, "That makes sense." Now I'm now I'm visually engaged.
2: Yeah, because you, you're watching it from the perspective of the people that are flowing at normal time, and then all of a sudden, the character of David starts moving at super speed, and you just see like 86 of him go around the room, and then he just mm-hmm. he's at the other end, and he punched a dude, and everybody goes, "What the heck just happened?" Well, I mean, the closest,
1: yeah, the closest thing I've seen otherwise is the Flash, and really, that's hokey.
2: Oh, the um... Uh, <laughs> well, what's the name of the character? The uh, Magneto's son from the X Men. Quicksilver. Yeah, Quicksilver. Quicksilver.
1: The Quicksilver. That's a, that's a, but look how much effort it
2: took to make
1: that, right? You couldn't make a TV series about Quicksilver.
2: No, but all done to Jim Croce's "Time in a Bottle" as he puts the goggles on and runs through the right. room.
0: What I love about the fact that this is an anime and not live action is that. There's so much more that you can do that you can't do live action. Um, mm-hmm. You can't do cyber bodies. You can't. It just it, it, there's so many things that Yeah. It, it, it lets you explore.
2: Because some of the characters in this, because the idea is that the idea of cyberpunk, the idea that the, the common thread in, in all the material of if I change everything about myself, am I still me? Am I mm-hmm. still a human? Am I still a person? So this is a group of people that are. All of them, to one degree or another, are addicted to removing parts of their body and replacing them with machines. But the machine doesn't have to be exactly like the piece that you took off. So there's one character, uh, Becca's brother, I forget his name, but he has arms that are twice as long as they should.
3: Mm. If you ever played Virtual Fighter you'll know exactly what his hands look like when you, or I'm sorry, not I'm not virtual Fighter, Samurai Showdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see the old man who has the, like, razor claw hands that are made of metal, like, that's mm-hmm. what this brother looks like.
2: Yeah, and, you know, you've got another guy that's got just these massive set of what they call gorilla arms. You've got um, one girl, uh, Becca, who has the... Best girl. Becca is awesome, but she has the body of a of a, a very young girl, but it's an all-robotic body. We have no idea if that's her real body. It's just this is the body she chose to get shrunk into. Now, what's really funny is halfway through the story, she inherits her brother's arms. Pilar. Pilar, yeah. So mm-hmm. the brothers, the, the, the arms are now four times as long as they should, and the hands are as big as her entire body. And... The beauty of the anime and what I love about what Trigger chose with the animation style is that when the characters are being a little silly, the drawing is a little silly. Mm -hmm. When we're getting into a super serious action scene, the animation is done super serious and very realistic and very gory. But there's a scene where Becca is drunk and she's going around the bar having fun, so she's Sitting back like she's reclining in a chair, and her robot arms are down on the ground below her, and she's walking around on her fingertips, and you can hear the pizzicato that <laughs> as she walks around on her fingertips <laughs> so from good. person to person to person, drunk out of her mind. Um, a very funny scene, one that would be prohibitively prohibitively expensive to yeah. do in live action, and I think is better because it was anime.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and yes. And the thing is, like, because Becca is in this robot, this full cyber body, we have no idea what Becca was, what body Becca was born into. We have no idea. And this is... And and she identifies as female, and that's great, but we have no idea of what was previous, and I love that. And And that's the
2: thing with all these characters. Becca, Lucy from the same show, uh, Kiwi... And the major from Ghost in the Shell, you know, they all have, you know, full cyber bodies. And And Doryo, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, well, it's it's a woman in a robot body. Well, it could be anybody in there. And then the next question is, yeah, but does it really matter? No. Okay. And then it forces you to expand that thought. And that's the beauty of Cyberpunk. It's like, well, if somebody changes their flesh body, does it really matter?
1: So the, that's the thing is the themes are there, the yeah, transformative yeah. theme and there's yes. some empowerment in it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it also becomes the, the driving force of when is too far. Yeah. And yeah. You see that, you see that through a few of the characters, more explicitly than others, right? Like it's that, that's, uh, you mentioned Becca taking her, her brother's arms. Is that mm-hmm. really a healthy thing? It's hard to say. I'm right? not sure. Did, Becca did it really is the help her process healthiest. in a healthy way? Well, and, that's the thing is right. So it seems like, okay, it's natural, but, she's, was she always like that? Was she always a little tipped over into, into the land of being unstable or is it because she's taken on that more and more cyberware, right? Yeah. Like, and I mean, cyber, cyber psychosis in general, the state where you are so, so enhanced, your system can't handle it and you crack. That's the core of this story. Right. right? The core I of mean, the,
3: it, hmm. I mean, when you, when you look at if, was it the loss of her brother that, made her take the hands then and, and push her past that limit or was it edge where or, or was it night city to begin with right because another theme that we see in this is that the degradation of society has gotten mm-hmm. so yep. corrupt and so caste system based where people's existence and access to schools is based solely around the money they can provide
0: access I mean, to schools access to healthcare access to yeah. anything mm-hmm. you You have to pay to keep your laundry machine working. Let's be honest.
3: The deaths of several characters in this show is based around the fact that the ambulance got there quicker than they thought. Mm
0: -hmm. Or, yeah, or or what package did did the person have? Yeah,
2: what insurance coverage did you have when the ambulance... And no. well, there's, I forget who it was, but there's the one character that's like dying. And they're like, you got to do something. And you're like, yeah, but they're not covered by the insurance plan. That's, so we're that's, ignoring them. It's the that's main David's,
1: character. Well, this is yeah. the thing. This is David's mother works for trauma team. Right. She, when it, they show yeah, up on the scene, they look at her, they scan her and go, Oh, fellow trauma team employee, you don't have coverage. Goodbye. And leave her for dead. Right. Yeah.
3: yeah and, like, go ahead. You no, know, I was to say is, and later on, David and the crew actually like there's two instances they have a problem created by the fact that a character flatlines and because he has a platinum package the 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 response team is almost instantaneous mm-hmm.
0: and then later on and can find them anywhere
3: yeah mm-hmm. and geo track them anywhere and then later on they're trying to infiltrate or or get somewhere and a character flatlines and then they have to fight an army Mm -hmm. because they're trying to save the vip or the the person with the platinum package and so this show and one of the things about cyberpunk in general as a as a genre speaks to these inadequacies in economies and societies like i mean look at blade runner Mm -hmm. it doesn't talk about the monetary or economic differences amongst people because we see it right Mm -hmm. like As you get up in the ranks of money and, and, and elitism in Blade Runner, you get farther and farther away from the city.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it,
3: it,
2: go ahead, Steve. Uh, Vox.
1: I was going to say, so there's some, there's some visual disparity too. Uh, that, that's there is so the, the, the there, uh, in Cyberpunk 2077, the video game, there's a, a gorgeous example of, um, excess in the Compaqi Plaza hotel. It is this high-end hotel that you go to, and all of the staff are gold-plated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they are people that are gold-plated. Like, think about and and you could think they were androids until you interact with one of them. And there is a an option where, if you're playing a corporate background character, to outright just be rude to the staff because that's what's expected. And the receptionist who made the assumption you would want to meet with somebody wilts under that voice. And it's like, that's not an Android. That's a person covered in gold. And that's, that's that disparity being shown. It's these people are so wealthy. They can afford to cover the staff that work there in gold. What, what is this? There's, right? like, there's a,
2: there's an awesome series of Easter eggs, by the way, when you reach the mission at contact, a Plaza, when you pass by the bar, on mm-hmm. your way to the to the to the elevator, you can mm-hmm. go into the bar and talk to the patrons. Yep. One of them is Hideo Kojima, and he's talking to a bunch of people in this weird sort of like coded uh conversation, but he's talking about the new game that was just about to come out at the time, Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And you can sit there and watch this whole conversation of one of the the great superstar video game makers of our world from a rival company that they somehow managed to
0: transplant in and put him in the bar of the hotel. It's super fun. That's great. Uh, One of the things that has always drawn me to the cyberpunk genre is, well, the dystopian. The dystopian future that's all bright and shiny, but really dirty underneath. You know, it's, it's just chromed up to, for, for presentation. It's bright and shiny for somebody else. Yeah. For somebody else. Yeah. And witness
2: my bright and shiny.
0: And in this shiny. anime, I don't think there's a single episode where cyberpsychosis is not an element of the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. It, it does not show up or, um, the healthcare. Mm-hmm. The yeah. and, and limited access to it. And to me, like it was just so telling and so moving. So, the, the as fact is- someone who has existed in the United States without access to health insurance, mm-hmm. this was, uh, it was hitting home because this mm-hmm. is something that is, uh, ever present on my mind. And with corporations getting more and more rights and, uh, Uh, over, over an average person, it, it just kind of strikes home. And this show, like, I just want to show it to everybody. And as somebody who has experienced universal healthcare, I can't help but think, is this an ad for universal healthcare? (laughs) It's the idea that healthcare, healthcare
2: has gotten way too expensive in this world and no one can afford it except the Mm -hmm. super mega rich. Yeah. But cyber technology has also advanced to the level uh, of that useful and, and, and ability that everyone needs it. Everybody mm-hmm. needs some kind of implant to connect to their computer at home or to talk to your friends or, you know, it's like Answer a cell phone. It's a yeah. cell phone in your head at the very minimum. At the other end, it's a complete other body with guns that fall out of your shoulders, you know. But the thing is, is that no one can afford that. So you have back alley doctors called ripper docs, which you end up having to go to and doing like a black market deal because it's the only way that a regular person can afford to get these like black market implants to and, allow
0: them to function in society and medication in order for your body to handle it and everything and, else and, and there's a, a a layer of addiction to that oh yeah because it's. In a world that is so oppressive that you have to pay to to keep your subscription to your laundry machine, which by the way
1: I was gonna say that. Yep. yep. They're
0: starting with subscriptions on on things that you buy now, things that you own, and you have to pay a subscription to Uh, access part of that.
1: Do you want Um, access to your seatbelts and your BMW? Because they will pay a subscription there is a subscription fee for a BMW for vehicles now.
0: And 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 things of that nature. It's it's coming, it's coming. And so the addiction is the freedom to make phone calls, the freedom to move faster than someone, the I, freedom to jack in.
2: I'm oversimplifying this to make a point. People don't at me. But <laughs> the news from Adobe has just come out that in the very near future, you will have to pay an annual subscription to Adobe to use certain colors.
0: Yeah. And and it's not as dire as it sounds. It, it does actually make sense. Um, but, but yes, that is a thing. But yeah. Adobe is you can't just buy the program anymore. I mean, I mean, yeah, to subscribe. I was, yeah, I was gonna say like, and your subscription allows it on two computers. Yeah, I was gonna say like, for personal subscription.
3: I understand that you know paying for a subscription service to get access to a program is fine because everyone should get paid for their efforts. But when you can, you you can only subscribe and not buy the program itself mm-hmm. like because one of the things that people used to do was they would buy an older version of the thing and just keep it until they couldn't use it anymore uh yeah, that's not a thing
0: anymore that's and, not a thing anymore you don't you don't get to say i'm gonna i'm gonna spend my several hundred dollars this year and use it until i absolutely mm-hmm. can't it's no you're gonna spend a couple hundred dollars not a couple of and, several hundred dollars every single year and it,
1: It becomes more dire when you get services that are – so people make a living from uh, from softwares and things like that. That's true, but they don't live because of them. And that's the theme in cyberpunk is – Not directly. No, not directly. But you're like, hey, you haven't paid your subscription fee. We're going to shut your arms down.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, things like that. Or, oh – we're going to minimize your heart rate until you can pay this off. And it's,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: it's, it's that dire, uh, there's, there's other cyberpunk adjacent stuff that has this, uh, repo men.
0: Yes. Like yeah. that really um, well
1: where they repossess organs, the uh, islands,
0: the islands. Oh. Island. Yep.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I they think
0: go- repo men wasn't that the Charlie Sheen Emilia Estevez? No, know. that was Forrest Whitaker. Oh, okay, that was Law. Forrest and Jude okay. Law, which is an ex. Yep. It was
3: a great movie. Yeah, there's a, so a film, I think.
2: there's a there's a plot line in the game, and they come out in the anime as well, where there's a a gang, a street gang made up of former soldiers that were given military grade uh, cyberware. And at the end of their military service, the military hardware was removed from their bodies Mm -hmm. and replaced with crap. And they are they have parts of their face missing and they've got like five red eyes or one big bar. They were given the very bare minimum to keep them alive and of course, they're now very bitter sort of anti-government personnel because they had all of this power before, and now they have nothing because the military removed their military-grade implants and left them with just enough to keep them alive. And and,
1: and that ties into uh, the, the tragedy of Maine, the leader of the gang that David falls in with. Right. And Maine one is... Of
3: the, I was, was going to say that one of the things they point out about Maine consistently he says it multiple times Mm -hmm. is that i'm a soldier or i was a soldier Mm -hmm. i can't let i've come this far as a soldier i cannot fall now
1: yeah and they say it to him often you just need to take out all this extreme wear
0: you need to take
1: you need to scale down and he says he can't he's too far gone he knows he's too far gone
0: and 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 there's a really interesting thing here, because when they talk about the military, every it it sounds like when you're in the military, you get these implants. That's part of being in the military. Mm -hmm. So when you leave, they leave some of the implants in you because it's cheaper to leave them in than it is to Mm -hmm. take them out, and then they don't have to take care of you. And that's why so many former military end up running or cyber psychosis or all this other stuff. It's a
2: very, it's a very crass metaphor for what military service mm-hmm. is yeah. like, because they take a lot of you to yeah. serve yeah. in the military. And at the end of it, let's just say that historically um, some of the veteran care services that we've received after service or after coming home from tour has not been the best. So to to say that, you know, I left a part of my brain in Afghanistan I say that as a metaphor in cyberpunk. They mean it literally yeah. that he left yeah. a part of his brain in Afghanistan. And it's and a it's a very visual way of of highlighting that we suck at veteran care. Yeah. And
1: and if you look at it, too, not only is it cheaper for them to leave you with that cyberware, yeah. but, but that leaves you with a a need for immunoblockers for the rest of your life, which is why a lot of them turn into crime.
2: Right. Yep. And now you're addicted are, to drugs yep. that you can't mm-hmm. afford.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's and then, of course, they take it to extremes in this in this specifically, because the, the issue in the game isn't that you're going to become a cyber cycle. You could put every single thing in there, the maxed out legendary version of every piece of cyber war in there, and it never comes up because it's a video game. They don't want you to have to deal with that.
2: That'd be great but if they did, though. Oh yeah, no where, I, I would love imagine it. Imagine if your conversation options changed as you mm-hmm. got more and more yep. cyberware, where all of a sudden you can't converse with but, normal
0: people because you're too messed up. But in the yeah. tabletop, that is something oh, that yeah, you no. have to be oh, yeah. very aware of.
1: And 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 there's there's a related or sorry, a competitor to the uh, to uh cyberpunk that um I mention often because I I'm more than addicted to it. It's called Shadowrun. Yeah, Shadowrun uh, is it came, it's a, it's a competitor and it came out yeah. at about this it came out within a year of cyberpunk yeah. the, the tabletop game um and th- they uh, they have it a very apt term for it It's essence yes the more you put into your body the more modification you get the lower your essence is and you lose a bit of yourself every time you put Chrome into you and so it's that that's <laughs> that same thing that cyberpunk talks about that that common theme of losing humanity is there.
0: And I will say that for anyone unfamiliar, Shadowrun is cyberpunk. It's just not cyberpunk TM. You know, Uh, (laughs) it's cyberpunk is a genre as well as a trademark.
1: It is, as William Gibson would say, they took all of my work and threw uh, threw in those silly elves and crap.
0: Yeah, which I
2: love those silly elves and crap. So Shadow Shadowrun is the cyberpunk aesthetic. In a Dungeons and Dragons style world where dragons and orcs and goblins and trolls are real, set in Seattle,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah essentially. Essentially. or Toronto, like your current game, right? Yeah, for Or you, Arc- for, yeah. I was gonna
3: say for you anime fans, the closest thing we have is literally Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. or video game wise, you'd have the Dot Hack franchise. Basically, oh yeah, yeah.
2: well, Ghost in the Shell, uh, Evangelion, Eighty Police. Sir, you're going back to when we were Akira.
0: Kids. <laughs> Akira. Sir, Akira. Sir, sir. Sir,
1: sir, you're going back to when we were kids? They don't remember back that far. Oh
3: my Who god.
0: Who are you talking to? What but demographic again, do you think listens more, to this podcast?
1: Nothing is more cyberpunk than a dated reference. <laughs>
0: exactly. Wait,
3: I was gonna say, wait for it. If that was the demographic that
0: this is podcast, why do I have to be PD Because 13? we do run the gamut. We do, <laughs> I I do believe um after podcasts. Quick check the integrity of the chip. Now, 11 years mm-hmm. and going into our 12th year that the uh, 13-year-old I very succinctly knew was listening in our first or second year is probably old enough to hear swear words. You never know who's listening in um, and Hi. listening now. Friend? <laughs> Hi, friend. Exactly.
1: Hey. <laughs> It's PG-13, you're allowed what?
0: No. (laughs) Okay, how many times do we have to go through? It's not MPAA rules, it's Nettie's rules. I've used that several times. Because (laughs) I have no problem with discussions of LGBTQ themes because that is not adult content. That is just life. So that... So no swearing.
3: So that ties in heavily, just... like. This anime, this game, this system has such a heavy, heavy identity in identity. In what yeah. you identify as, and what you feel like you are, or mm-hmm. what you want to become. One of the things that they talk about, and I do not think they give it enough attention, is when people keep talking to David about the dream he wants to pursue, and and why is he pursuing that for someone else, where he could just be what he wants to be, and when he explores that, he does not know what he wants to be. Mm -hmm. He can't, he can't, he can't fathom it. Like they even talk about how he doesn't look like a preppy school kid. When in fact, his mother put him into this preppy school that was super for the rich. And he had straight A's. He was one of the top students at school. But people keep saying he doesn't look that. He doesn't fit that part. He will ne- he doesn't fit in as this character.
2: And then he starts getting bullied because he doesn't fit in because he's not uh, like the other rich well, kids. And-
3: here's yeah. a really cool parallel is he gets bullied from the rich kids when he's in the school because he doesn't look like he belongs. But Maine bullies him and says that he doesn't generally look like what would
0: be an edge runner. I, yeah. I, I, I want to hesitate in saying that Maine bullies him. It's more main is constantly pointing it out so can we talk can uh, we Maine,
1: can we Maine ask, is trying to look out for him and make sure he doesn't fall into the into exactly what yeah. Maine falls into and,
3: I'm a, I'm and a, he does yeah i would just i would just ask this right now mm-hmm. is
0: main his daddy no no but Maine, it's definitely, real close right
3: so definitely definitely a cared
0: about his mama like it's real close
3: right like i mean they give you hints as to both right like they give you hints i'm seeing because, it now you know what i'm saying like they give you hints to be like where he's like oh that's why your mom didn't talk to us and disappeared she had a kid and no and, and she disappeared because well, she well, died well no no, no 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 that that's the thing like they're like she was always our broker but all of a sudden she you know kind of wasn't around all the yeah, time and because then, she
0: died No, they're
1: they're talking his before, like, uh, well before that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because, because
3: remember, David was like, wait, my mom, you know, my mom. And they're like, no, yeah, she was always our
1: go Our connect, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and, and so you see that they're like, wait, oh, so that's why she slowed down. She's got a kid. And he's like, wait, so that's what could have happened? Meaning my mom was actually involved in that, that, that shooting. Mm Mm-hmm. And he starts thinking about that, but you get this dichotomy of the people who have accepted the position they're in and want to make the best of it. And someone who is now being slid into that life because his life intercepted with it by chance.
1: Yeah. I, I, uh, there's also, there's also that interesting progression where um, the, the cyber, uh, the cyberware shows in the bullying when his bully first corners him the one time and he decides to fight back. He gets and he kick. punches the guy and basically like breaks his hand on him. Or is it, no, it's not even that. Yeah. He gets, he gets beat up by the guy with all the cyberware in him. And he's like, yeah, I've got all this tech because I'm rich, not because I need it, not because I absolutely, it's, it's what my, I make my money on. It's because I thought it'd be funny to learn cybernetic kung fu.
3: And one of the things that I think is so good is that they have it so that when his mom, Basically, when his mom dies, she was actually, she was carrying, or or, a character dies, has a military-grade spine implant that the mother gets a hold of, wants to sell, but dies before she can sell it. He takes it, puts it in himself to get revenge on his bully. Mm -hmm. And from that, even like from that point on, even the father of the bully is, does not care that his son was beaten to a pulp he wants to know how this kid can do that because he's not meant to have such right. tech
0: because, and and all right. So here's the, 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 the big thing is that Maine had already purchased that spine mm-hmm. and then Maria disappeared and it's cause she died. Mm-hmm. And Maine has the system. He's been built up. Basically it was military grade. A normal person shouldn't be able to access it. And even Maine would have struggled with it. Mm-hmm. David doesn't have a problem and it's this whole idea of, well, maybe I'm special. And he starts to believe it that, yes, I am special, but he's not. And he's, he's just not. living Maine's whole thing. Now, my big question is, we see David, this whole whole story takes place in 2076. It starts out at the beginning of the year and we flash forward to the end of the year. It all happens before the game and everything. Mm-hmm. But that David's whole arc is less than a year. So how long was Maine running post-military? Probably not long. Yeah. Probably not Which long. You probably
1: burned out quick. Like the very first scenes you see of the, the cyber psycho getting taken down that had that spine in him. Yeah. Right. Which is one of the my brain, arguments here. Yeah. So and also, if it takes place in only a year, David got super small, super quick.
0: But that there, had to he's, be implant he's, muscle. No, implant. he's a no totally um almost uh not completely, but he's he he has so much um cyber enhancements he's he's getting more and more chrome. that was all See, implants that wasn't well, him beefing up yeah well
3: that's the thing i don't necessarily think like i think he did to get the initial right because remember he saves the arms the yeah, the, the gorilla he, arms, arms he saves main's gorilla arms from the explosion And later on, our wonderful, lovely Becca even tells him, like, yo, you're a mainliner. You're the main attraction because you got so swole, no one can recognize you. Meaning to wear the, And even Maine says they're not his size. He will have to wait some years to grow into them. So he got big just to wear those arms. Mm -hmm. Everything else is literally him saying, I need to put this into my body. I need to put that into my body. Mm -hmm. And
2: so this is this anime speaking to what was the what was Maine's girl's name? Was that Dorio? Dorio, yeah, Dorio, yeah, Dorio, who is a member of a faction in Cyberpunk called the Animals, Mm -hmm. which are people who don't use a lot of cyberware, but they jack their bodies chemically Mm -hmm. as big as they can, and they turn into like these big old roid freaks. Um,
1: David could David could have got roids from her essentially.
0: Oh yeah. Like yeah. David has a lot of gear and you can tell based on the lines. You can always tell when it's, it's, it's cyber body or cyber flesh. Yeah. There's these weird lines. sort of aesthetic lines that they put on their faces or on their, their arms necks, and legs. And they're, and, they're, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's all gear. His whole body is gear. So he had to build himself up so he could wear Maine's arms Um and because he's kind of slight at the beginning.
3: In in the, I think one of the best story bits is how that is the break between the beginning of the story and the, the end of the story. Because, spoilers, you know I, I've got to watch myself. Um, We've spoiled because, a
0: lot. It,
3: because Main goes cyber psych, psycho and accidentally kills Dorio, and then that pushes him past recovery. And he then... Goes into a slaughtering spree against what they call the Max Tax or Tax Max or whatever. Max Tax.
2: Yeah, it's their it's their it's the their maximum sp- tactical. They're the SWAT team of the police. They're when somebody is cybered up to the nines and a normal cop can't handle it. You send in Max Tax and they just get rid of the problem.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and so he's going against them and he's slaughtering them in like their initial waves, and he ends up telling david like yo you're fast that's what you do you know get out of here and he does but in the process david david saves the arms that they had agreed to you know
0: yeah which was Mm -hmm. like such foreshadowing it's like oh i I want arms and he's like oh you want uh pilar's and he's like no no i want yours and it's like oh that's dark he's still wearing them buddy and then when that's happening i just looked over at tech and i was like well i guess david's getting some arms by
3: the way, that's the only time in the show that David scavenges parts.
0: Mm. Cause well, that he, we know of.
3: Well, no, no, no. They they do a point to show you Fine. That every every time he gets a new one put into his body, he goes and pays for it, and it comes off the rack, not from someone else. Uh, which which I thought was really interesting because it shows you that he he adopts Maine's philosophy of equal shares. That's just how I run things. So he, so main doesn't steal from his people. Main does what he needs to do to gain it himself or spread it around. You know what I'm saying? Which I thought was really, really interesting. Although tech from that side, I think that is an aberration amongst the
2: characters. No, I, I realized that I've just realized that we've gone this entire time talking about cyberpunk. and We haven't talked about Lucy. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was going to be my next segment because I wanted to talk about the different characters. Right.
2: So And so our favorite. I, I want to start off talking about Lucy by, by I just wanted to mention one thing. Yeah. That, okay. If you're on a date with somebody, friends, wireless listeners, you're on a, you're on yeah. a date with someone, you're hanging out with a friend, and they show you pictures of a trip you can take to the moon, and they show you pictures of the moon, and they show you mm-hmm. pictures of them as a kid wanting to go to the moon, and they go, I'd really like to go to the moon someday. Okay, mm-hmm. That's not code. That's not a secret language. That's not something that's difficult to interpret. What you need to do is find a way to take
0: them to the moon. Also, that's what when David, you're, when you're living with them yeah. and you have this this very intense relationship and you are drifting apart from them and you know that they're not happy and you're not happy and they just want to go to the moon, take them to the bloody moon. Take them but to the moon, David
1: doesn't <laughs> the, 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 mm, yeah it, like, yeah <laughs> david's what? not the most perceptive of people no nope. but that's what? the thing it's he's an anime protagonist of course he isn't the most perspective per, honestly of people.
0: honestly and i here's my criticism of david he's pants one of the things. you could replace david with uh, pants ah and there'd be no difference because as we said, he's living someone else's dream. He has no mm-hmm. goals because his mom put him in the Arasaka Academy. She wants him to be a big corpo. She wants him up at the top of the tower, probably because she wants him out of the garbage that she grew up in and she wants him to have a different life. What does he do while getting his A's with bad tech and all this other stuff? How does he spend his hours? He spends his hours doing, um, what are Brain they called? Dances. Brain dances. I going to say. He lives other
1: people's memories literally as a brain-dance addict. Mm
0: -hmm. And then when his mom dies and he has nothing, he just falls into, well, here's this skeleton and lets that run his life. And then he's running mainstream because he does not have a drive, a personality. Mm -hmm. He is pants. And that's my criticism. Meanwhile, and this is getting to tech, Lucy has a very well developed uh, story arc, plot, and her whole backstory, and then her side missions. It it is it is a great character.
2: I, I love Lucy. Um, and
0: <laughs>
2: <sighs> I, I well, want,
1: Now you have it's, some splaining to do.
0: I do
2: have some splaining to do. But the thing is, is the the character. I mean, come on. There's that scene where she has to bust David out of the ambulance while it's rolling down the streets. Probably one of the greatest things ever put on film. Mm -hmm. Uh, that insane look in her eyes the whole time uh she is a like cyberware hacking specialist that is brought into the team she brings david into the crew um and they end up having a a romantic entanglement and it gets complicated from there but the thing is, is she is just so well uh so well created. She's very deep. She has her own problems. She has her own drama that she's dealing with. And the whole time that she's got to bring this kid around who's like new to the crew. And she, he has all these things to prove and she's smitten with him. It just adds all these layers of complexity. And, um, it's not, It's not unfair for me to say, but most of her characters look, the clothing that she wears, her physical appearance, her hair, her makeup is all a direct rip of a character called the major from the ghost in the shell. It's it's. It, it one is very obviously cribbed from the other. The
0: the the hip exposure, the haircut. The, yeah, the yeah. The, the, mul-
2: the multiple layers of skimpy clothes, one on top of the other in the wrong order. And, I mean, it's very the major.
1: And she's just cold enough that uh, people want her to step on them.
3: And <laughs> and, and, and even like even more directly. The major represents an example of identity crisis, identity transference, Mm -hmm. identity development. And we see that with Lucy. only that it's not necessarily she coming into the identity she wants to be, but sifting through the identity she was to find ways to succeed Mm -hmm. in this current one.
0: And her character is so well done that way back in the beginning, when she starts training with David and she's like, and you gotta, he's like, why are we running? If our mods will do this for us. And she's like, you got to train your body to keep up with it. And she's like, you just got to keep running David. And it's not till the end of the series where you find out where that comes from, because that comes from her backstory Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's essential to her character.
1: So, Meanwhile, the, one of the central questions we've talked about with identity and everything is, can you retain your identity if you're entirely machine? Well, w- there, there should be a deeper question for edge runners. Mm-hmm. If you're like David and you have no personality or identity, <laughs> what does it matter if you're all machine? Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: No, exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, you've got characters like, uh, like Lucy and Kiwi of, you know, who am I really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's
3: the boat of Theseus. If the boat of Theseus was also human,
0: well, and I'm just thinking about this. He never actually went cyber psychosis. He no, he did, he, he, was, no, no,
1: he did. He did. He was this close to the, like this close, right, no, right no, on no. the wire.
2: Yeah. No, that's the thing. He he did because one of the things that yeah, because he
0: was skitzing out and coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, Does,
2: props props to Trigger the animation studio for that glitch the whole body starts yeah. to like like visibly glitch out when they're yeah. going through cyber psychosis
0: that is a a very good nod to the viewer that hey something's not right here but one of the things i'm wondering is if so much of cyber psychosis is overriding your own you, you know identity or uniqueness and that's why it happens and maybe david was just special because he was so, pants
1: well that's the other thing is he, there's, there's another very good parallel character to there that we haven't talked about yet mm. that appears in the video game as well. And he is a very similar thing to the state that David gets in where he's all cyber skeleton, all crazy. Oh, it's Adam Smasher. Adam oh, yeah. Smasher is 2% human. Yeah. But here's the thing. You can't go cyber psycho if you were already a sociopath.
3: So here's, the thing. <laughs> but, but, but here's right? also, yeah.
1: that's David. David is imprinted upon personality-wise by everybody around him because he has none he has no real emotion beyond frustration and negative emotions if you're not really if you don't have it up there in the head in the first place can you go cyber psycho becca is another example of that right
3: so, yeah well, well i mean awesome. but also but also right we look at adam smasher and we look at what's going on with adam smasher and how things work with david one of the things david says throughout through the show is that the reason why he can use these cybernetics with no issues is because they feel like they belong there. and it mm-hmm. was pointed out multiple times and specifically that the cyber skeleton was originally made for
1: adam smasher mm-hmm. 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 so maybe adam's daddy
3: you know know what i'm saying and 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 i'm gonna say that i'm not i'm not gonna say that what i'm thinking of is like the same thing without the daddy issues is just if it was if he can use cybernetics that feel like they were made for him without issue what happens when he gives up those dreams that can only be fitted to him and starts taking on dreams that are not Thus, you know, cybernetics that do not fit with who he is. Mm. Mm. And it starts to corrupt him because again, he does not have those issues until he starts taking on cybernetics starting with the gorilla arms. And we, and we know that it was started with the gorilla arms and that the gorilla arms are a key part to his malfunctioning. Is because they talk about how, you know, they show Maine having those shakes in that arm and having the issues with the arm mm-hmm. and it won't close the fist. Yeah. David doesn't have those issues until they represent themselves in the same arm when he's gotten to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, and, and it's a really, really cool way to show... That unless you, you know, unless you accept who you are and the identity that makes you who you are or should be, you're going to have these problems. You're not going to be able to make it through
2: this thing. And -hmm. and we see it at the very end of the show when Lucy makes it to the moon because she Mm -hmm. took herself. Yeah. And 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 here's a,
3: the, the cool thing about that is Lucy made it because she never gave up on the dream that was individually and always uniquely hers. Mm-hmm. But David, who tried to join into that, dies. Rebecca <laughs> Yeah, <you> know, <laughs> Rebe- Rebecca, who takes on the hands of her deceased brother and does not accept the fact that she can do something on her own, does die pursuing
1: David's dream. Mm. Um, all in all, the, the show is, the show's got a lot of layers to it, which is yeah. a surprising thing when it's coming from a video game company commissioning something from uh, yeah. commissioning something to promote its next upcoming DLCs.
0: Well, and yeah. I'll tell you the, the whole, the video game story is mm-hmm. fascinating. Oh, yeah. It is a really good story. Um, and I don't play it. Uh, tech does and I, I do the whole shoulder watching. I am a big fan of watching video games and getting the stories of video games by watching other people play. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one of my favorites. Um, and, but it also will go to say to anyone who I'm sure, uh, Jason will agree with me. We often get people go, Oh, but it's just anime. Anime can get really deep really deep and uh you and this, this one deep. is just fantastic for that but Becca the more I like when I first saw her come on I'm like okay that's a good gag alright she's kind of funny I think I like Becca <laughs> I think I really mm-hmm. love Becca and then she's walking around on her brother's arms and I'm like oh my god I freaking love Becca and then <laughs> as it goes on I just love her more and mm-hmm. more and more and more and I honestly think she's one of my favorite characters I- in this show
3: I loved Becca, but you know what made me realize Becca was the most mature of the entire crew? It was when they rescued Lucy, and Lucy escapes, and she looks Lucy dead in the face and says, I'm glad you're okay for David's sake. Yeah, She hmm. knows she David is not in love with her. She and knows never she will has and never will be. She's lost David. There's no getting him back. But she loves him so much that she would rather give all of that away for his happiness. It's so
0: because freaky. in the end, Becca is David's friend first and foremost. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she may be attracted to him. She may want to smash, which takes on new connotations because with those hands and those hands. But she is his friend, and she is really. You know, this happens in friend groups, um, and there's there's often like that one person that stays when everybody else starts having drama and that's who Becca is. And Becca is that loyal friend yeah. and she's not going anywhere, for, even though the friend group is breaking for up as
2: much as you know, her physical appearance because of the cyber body she's yeah. made, that she wants to look like your little sister. Yeah. She's really David's big brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah absolutely.
3: And, and, and what I love the best is that even like, she shows signs of knowing the answer to what she wants earlier because she says we have to save Lucy. At one point, she says we yep. have to save Lucy. She's the only one I think that can bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. She she can't flirt with him. She can't want to be with him if he if he goes cyber psychosis.
0: So Psycho.
3: it, I mean, she
1: would still. In
0: she, the series, yeah, of course. <laughs> in the series, uh, they present it as cyber psychosis or death is an Inevitable end mm-hmm. that there's that you're basically mm-hmm. living your life until that time comes. Some people will last longer than others. I honestly think Becca would probably have outlasted most of them. Oh, well, I I think those, Becca. I think she not, has.
3: I think Becca also would have. Well, except been, she dies, <laughs> right? Yeah, the body. Uh, no, did.
2: N- well, well, body no, did. but I mean that we don't know how many other runner right. crews Becca has had. Like that is for, for such a young body that that's Becca has picked. Mm -hmm. That's an old soul. Yeah. Yeah. This could be her fourth or fifth crew. We have no idea. That's true. That's true. And
3: and and also like the, the fact of the matter that they don't talk about what you do with the soul. They only talk about what you do to get up to the point where you can no longer say you have a human flesh body. Yeah. yeah. And then show you what happens after you cross that point. Because Atom Smasher is basically the cross, like the lowest you can go without crossing over.
2: Right. And if you want to watch something, if you're curious about this and you want to watch something about what happens when you cross that threshold and what is life on the other side, watch a thing called Ghost in the Shell.
3: Yeah. Or, and I'll give you a live action example Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Plays with the idea of what happens if a human falls in love with something that is a robot
1: mm.
3: or an android or a cyborg or something that cannot be distinguished between humanity and, and cybernetics. The ghost of the shell and ex machina will make you question anything you have about identity because what, you know, again, it's the ship of theses When does the ship stop being your original ship? When does it become something else? If you right. end up eventually You know replacing each piece Piece by piece and I think that's What cyberpunk overall Gets so perfectly is that The game from head to toe top To bottom explores This idea of who you are Whether it be uh, I'm i a, I'm a cyberpunk. I got implants, or I'm a rich person who can do this and that and not have to deal with it because I could pay somebody to take care of it. Or am I a poor person who's trying to fight my way up and dealing with having to you know pay bills or this thing? And I'm gonna find a way to solve that no matter what.
0: So before we we close up, um, I do want to touch on I think our big villain. Because our big villain is not Adam Smasher. It's not the Corpos because that's just the life that they live in. It's Faraday. Mm -hmm. The the
2: fixer. The The uh, fixer, yeah. yeah, Yeah, The three-eyed
0: guy. So
2: Faraday is a a contractor, an intermediary who works for the corporations, and he finds runners to do the illegal jobs that the corpse can't do legally. He's got... One of his eyes that is actually three eyes, one on top of the other, and it's weird as hell. And mm-hmm. in a cyberpunk electrical weirdo world, to have someone named Faraday, I have to, Chef's Kiss. Mm-hmm.
0: What a wonderful, wonderful Voiced nod Love by yeah. Giancarlo Esposito. Really? Woo, yep. It's the only big mm-hmm. name in the series.
1: Most distinctive voice in the whole series.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Faraday's yeah. awesome.
1: So <laughs> that you're right in that fixers fixers in general are the most villainous people in this entire world when you think about this mm-hmm. the corporations are massive entities with so many people and so much automation involved in everything that it's hard to say they are evil there are individuals that are evil in there but the mass entity itself is agnostic it it doesn't it's not evil it's not good it's just there mm-hmm. the everyday people struggling to survive whatever they do whatever whatever they do to do it are just trying to survive. There's no inherent evil. There's evil acts they do, but they themselves are not necessarily evil because they try to survive. Then you get the person that steps in and goes, Hey, I can profit off of both of them.
0: Yeah. Nah.
3: It's, yeah, 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 yeah. So you, the, the problem with the, the, you know, the problem within this universe is something that we've seen recently in Battle Angel Alita, which is a live action adaptation of the anime thing of the <sighs> same name. It's not as bad and I we we could talk about Mahershala Ali plays the fixer in that show as a character named Vector.
2: Cottonmouth? Yeah.
3: He plays a character by the name of Vector who is basically trying to ascend to the ranks of the cop the corpos in this show, but he's doing it off the backs of the people that are poor mm-hmm. underneath it. Very, very good. And it's again a common theme in Cyberpunk. Like and and he's a great version of it because we don't get the twist of what his character is and how influential he is and how corrupt he is until what second episode from the end, third episode at most?
1: And Faraday, Faraday turns very late as well. Like it's mm-hmm. it's explicitly Faraday is the villain as well, in the in a in a more in a less um esoteric sense, and less in a less sense of hey, fixers of the bad guys, he's just I mean, him and Kiwi pull off that, you know, oh, now we're turning on them. Yeah, Grab yeah. Lucy. Let's go. You know, like, yeah.
3: And in in classic fashion, they both turn on each other because mm-hmm. that's how that works. Kiwi dies at the hands of, of, of while she's safe or while they are basically saving and or aiding the heroes. Mm-hmm. And Faraday dies not at the hands of the, the people he's betrayed, but at the mercy or villainy of Adam Smasher, who is the corporate stooge, because when he asks Adam Smasher to protect him from the, the edge run of because he's like, you're a merc, you're supposed to do what you're paid for. He says, no, I'm not paid to save you. I'm basically paid to fight the kid who's killing you. <laughs> That doesn't mean I have to save you before Mm -hmm. I fight him. And it's just a really good turn on its head of that trope. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's, it it plays on a, it plays on a human fear and on something that we see all the time. It's like, imagine having a boss that was only in it for himself and everybody's going to say, oh, well, my (laughs) my boss is like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but imagine it to an extreme where the boss just didn't give a a flip if you lived or died. one. And you see that in the uh, the video game as well with mm-hmm. a character named Dexter Deshawn, mm-hmm. which will do everything to make you believe that he's your friend. And at the end of the day, he really looks at you like a commodity. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the character worth, of Dexter.
1: You're worth less to him than his shiny golden cyber arm.
2: Right. No, ab- absolutely. And, and his cigar and, and his fancy car.
1: And, and, I, and again, that goes to my theory of fixers being that bridge gap because... He has that Compeki Plaza gold-plated aesthetic going on. But he's very much of the streets. He's very much someone who is scrambling to survive. He's just stepped on more people to get to where he is.
3: And that ties into one of the big mantras of the show, is that the only person you can trust is yourself. And as many people look at that, the real concept of that is the only person you can trust is yourself because you're, you already know everything about yourself. You know what you want. You know what you would do to get it and you know what, how you would go about doing it. You don't know those things about anybody else. So anybody can betray you to fulfill the same things that they, that you have already fulfilled amongst yourself.
0: I will say this, this whole series is a lot of topics that we all can identify with, but heightened and enhanced mm. in the way that sci-fi does it so well. So well. So, uh, Tech, you had one more thing you wanted to share.
1: Did I? You said you
2: had one more story, did you
0: maybe? Look at the chat.
2: I did have one more story to tell. I think I said it.
0: Okay. okay. Uh, so hopefully <laughs> I'll edit that out. Uh, so I saw a, a poll and it says... The real question is, are you team Lucy or are you team Becca? Which just says to me that, um, and I hope that it's in this sentiment, that everybody cares more about Becca and Lucy than they do about David. Um, (laughs) Yep, (laughs) I think we know where I stand, but I'm team Becca in the sense that I want her to go. I want the best for her. Um, but I don't want her to be with pants because <laughs> well, I think she's better. I'm, oh, I'm
1: team Becca in, in, the, in that she's the she looked out more for him than Lucy really did. Lucy was concerned about her own self a lot of the time. She cared it, about him until the second she, half
0: when she went around killing everybody that knew yeah, about David. That's she true. She was trying but, to save him. She gave up yeah. her dreams for him. Mm. Yeah, I, go ahead.
2: So, what? <clears throat> one, one more. So, yeah. my my one story.
0: Oh, let let Jason answer then. Yeah.
2: Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead,
0: Jason. Again, for me. I'm
3: team Becca because, again, like
0: are we unanimous? Like Vox said, like
3: Vox, like Vox said, Becca protected him and worked for him and did things for him that Lucy never did and never seemed to even do. Like in, she got him jumped by a gang of cybernetically enhanced criminals that were her gang, whilst he was in the most intimate and personal moment she has ever had with anyone outside of herself and it never showed its face of guilt or any trauma until he almost was ready to die i
0: i'm
2: on i'm on team lucy i am an old broken man i have had a i have had i have had a crush on lucy since before the animator that drew her was born i have had a crush on lucy before she was written this character, the way she was written, the way she was drawn, it's like they ripped it out of my head. Uh, my heart breaks and broke every single episode of this show because I was in love with this character and there's nothing I could do about it. Imagine watching one of your loved ones get beaten in front of you while you are powerless to watch. That was all episodes of this show for me because all I wanted to do was help Lucy and I couldn't. Now, addendum to that story: as big of a crush as I have on this character, and as much as I love her, Lucy is my mother's name, and that makes it weird. That makes it really, really weird. Challenging, but not
0: impossible, is is how I will put it. It's challenging, but not impossible. Um, I, I, I will also say that I love Lucy in the sense that she is an in-depth character. And I love that. I love that we went there. I also think that she, she really did care about David and she gave up her dreams for him, which she shouldn't have. Um, but she, instead of running with everybody to buy tickets, to go to the moon, she went around killing everybody who knew about David because she knew he was in danger. Um, and she didn't tell him about it cause she thought that would bring him more danger. It's a whole superhero thing.
2: Yeah. Um, um,
0: but let us know what did you think about Cyberpunk what
2: So I remembered my my one story that I wanted to I say about that was it. okay N- No sorry uh, very quickly there's a YouTube channel called How to Drink yes. which teaches this you how good to story. teaches you how to mix cocktails and stuff and is by a professional bartender his name is Greg he lives in New York City he's also an avid role player and he's been running for years on Twitch and on other channels a A tabletop role playing session of the cyberpunk role playing game because um, in in the world of Night City, there is a very famous bar called the afterlife. It's an old morgue. The drinks in the bar are named for dead edge runners and that the only way to get a, a drink named after you is is to die. So there are a couple uh, drinks in the game that are very pivotal to the plot because pivotal characters die, so they get drinks named after them. So the recipes for these drinks are in the game. Uh, CD Projekt Red sent Greg from the How to Drink channel an advanced copy of the game and said, we would love for you to do a tie-in where you make these drinks. So he did uh versions of the drinks that are 100% accurate to the way they are in screen and then tried them and either mm-hmm. liked them or didn't and then made them better well his version of a drink called the Johnny Silverhand mm-hmm. um when he mixed it the way they they recommended in the in the, in the game it came out looking a little different than how the game was at that point His video garnered so many views and got the attention of CD Projekt Red that they actually changed the look of the drink in the game to match how it actually looks when this bartender mixed it. Mm. And to thank him, they sent him a yellow Pelican case with like cyberpunk logos all over it. And inside was a set of crystal drink glasses that were all laser etched with the afterlife bar logo. Nice. And then he used those to make uh his follow up video. He then made the Jackie Wells.
0: Nice. Mm. Nice. All right. Jason, did you have one other thing? It looked like you had your hand up. You are on mute. He got that mad at me. He muted himself.
3: No, no, no! I was just say like any time it becomes so so intrinsically anime, even when I'm not saying anything, I'm like I'm very happy. Like, <laughs> it's it's listen, the only thing that could be better than this is if you decided you wanted to talk about Lena Inverse and Slayers, like, <gasps> Slayers.
0: Tech, it's okay. It's okay. Tech, it's okay. Tech. It's okay. So we're just here to say we love cyberpunk as a genre and uh, fiction in music, in tabletop, in uh, uh, video games, and now in anime, and we are we are we are loving this. This is this is this is our jam. And if this was your jam, uh, go ahead and let us know. Are you team Lucy or are you team Becca? You and go be ahead and let Becca. us know what that means. Hmm?
3: They better be team Becca, or I will come haunt them in their <laughs> dreams like Freddy Krueger. <laughs>
0: You're, you're not you're supposed to be the slasher I, I your name's not Freddie but um on that note uh we will talk to you again oh one last thing mm-hmm. this isn't really a dinner in a movie but has anybody got any uh food to pair with this
2: I do yes one of the the big things there's a lot we of str- about this there's a lot of street food in the cyberpunk world there's there's vendor carts everywhere there's food always so it has to be cheap street food
0: chinese food served to you in one of those square card uh, cartons. chow mein in the square carton question- absolutely question it right out y'all got, the,
3: y'all got the vibe right because i was gonna say streetcar ramen like let's yeah. go like, yeah.
1: questionable gas station sushi
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> gas station sushi. Questionable yes. gas yes. station sushi. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks so much, and we'll be back talking about more movies, TV, and other geek things. Bye. 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 And before we go, I want to thank our patrons, without whom we wouldn't be getting two episodes a month, and they get some really cool rewards for it. So thank you so much to our top patron, Jax. Thank you to our other top tier patrons, Jason and Rich the TT. Thank you to our patrons of the arts, Kaylin, Mark Cabot, uh, the Encaffeinated One, Melissa the Bathtub Mermaid, and Susanna. And thank you to all of our other patrons who keep this going and keeping the lights on. Thank you to Andy, Cliff, Grig, Harold, Q, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Crazy Joe Adventures, Mike, Patrick, Radical Geek, Shane, Steven, Will, and Zachman. Thanks so much, everybody. And, um, if you would like to become a patron of Nutty Bites, all you have to do is go to just go to Nutty Bites and you'll see a donate button um, by going to nimlast.org or you can go to Patreon and find us. Um, I will be developing other ways that you can support the show, but you could always do it through PayPal or Venmo or any other way that you wanted to. You don't have to be tied into the Patreon thing, but it makes it really easy and um, you can just kind of set it and forget it. And if you are unable to support in that way, you can always support by sharing with your friends. Thanks so much. Bye.